This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Will Rooney and today I'm joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen. With just two days of the summer transfer window remaining, we take a look at the potential incomings and outgoings at Fratton Park before Friday's 5pm deadline. Ben Thompson is currently top of the Blues' wish list, but they must overcome several hurdles in order to get the midfielder over the line. In terms of departures, Paul Downing or James Bolton could leave. However, could there be a surprise outgoing in Ben Close or even Andy Cannon? Moreover, we discuss how the salary cap is stalling Tom Naylor's new contract, while we take a deeper look at Bryn Morris' role in Kenny Jacket's side after the midfielder has come in for criticism from sections of supporters. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, a Pompey Talk that's brought to you before Friday's deadline. So if you're listening to this anytime after Friday, boy, you've missed an awful lot. Um, we're joined by Neil Allen, Chief Sports Writer, and Will Rooney. Welcome both. Hello. Afternoon. He's looking forward to transfer deadline day. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Jim White does. <laughs> Do they bother with the with the uh, the football league? They're going to have to. There's going to be plenty of dealings between Premier League clubs and EFL clubs. You'd imagine. Well, one or two. Of yeah, these, but. Maybe. Will, uh, will they roll out Harry to tell his Benjani story again? Tell it falsely as well. Yeah, you know, and uh, that'd be fascinating to see. It's not like the, the good old days of the Premier of the uh, transfer deadlines when, when reporters would be stood outside the stadiums, wouldn't they? And you have the fans in the background, and you never quite knew what the fans would, would do or say. Uh, and it, it, it was on edge. It was brilliant, wasn't it? It was unpredictable television. And then after the, pur- the purple dildo in that guy's ear, uh, which is one of the funniest moments I've seen live, um, they got rid of that, unfortunately. So you- you've taken away the real heart of transfer deadline, day, haven't you? I'm glad. I'm glad you're missing it. I don't think I've ever seen you stand outside Fratton Park on a, on a late January night at 11 o'clock. Geordie's, well, uh, well, Geordie's battery went, didn't it, once, sitting outside there. Yeah, he got McDonald's, didn't he? He, he, he disappeared and got a McDonald's. <laughs> well, I think it was I think Kenny Jacket himself requested that this one stayed to five o'clock because he's normally in bed with his Horlicks by nine. So um, five o'clock deadline is enough, and thank goodness because I don't fancy staying up anytime late on Friday night myself either. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange one. We're expecting Pompey to do a bit of business, players coming in, but we also then, for that to happen, we need players to go out. Um, Neil, start with you. Let's start with the outgoings. 
Paul Downing and James Bolton seem to be the two names that are being muted as potential departures if there's interest and if Pompey need to create spaces in their squads. Um, is there any developments in that front at this moment in time? No, obviously Downing is the the one they would like to leave. He's, he's got no future here. He's been told that. He's had no future here for over a year, let's be honest. He's, he's not played league football since... September 2019 which says it all really it doesn't take a genius to work out what's going on there however he's on good pay um, and they need takers and by all accounts over the last few months there's been a bit of interest but as we said on here before it's not about interest it's about people who are going to well effectively put the money on the table who wants him sort it out now and um, it's not emerged and hopefully or Pompey are hoping anyway that something can happen very soon so uh, uh, to, to free up space and finances. Um, however, they do say they have got um, the, the space in that salary cap to recruit somebody irrespective of that. So we shall see, but it's restricting them. You, know, you, you lose the wages of downing, you can get somebody, more, somebody else for more wages. Again, it, it's obvious, isn't it? If downing doesn't go, the next option is James Bolton. Another one who's, who's well out of the equation. However, he is seen as more useful to Kenny Jacket and the squad because he offers versatility. So that's the option with that one. He can play centre-half, he can play right-back. Although the emergence of Haji Minoga suggests perhaps he could be the cover at right-back and not Bolton. So those are the two ones that uh, Pompey could uh, afford to lose uh, to help them recruit. As Neil says, well, there's, there may be a bit of interest in Paul Downing throughout the summer, not massive amounts like, but the clubs need to firm up that their interest with offers. Is, is that likely to happen? Or is Paul Downing, is he off the radar too much for clubs to even realise he's, he's, he's there and available? Well, Kenny Jacket says is the one that says that you don't sell players, other clubs come and buy them or other clubs come in for them. And yeah, interest is... Is the key point there? I mean, I, I know in January that um, he was told he could leave out on loan, and although there was tentative interest from Swindon, who were top of League Two at the time, um, but that was probably more his agent trying to get him out there than Swindon, and Swindon coming in for him in the end. And I think Swindon went and got someone from Huddersfield in the end. And you're right, in it's pulled down and in clubs' minds anymore because he hasn't played a league game for more than a year now. And as Neil said, he's on a decent wage. He come down from from Blackburn on a three year deal. He'd done well at Doncaster. It's not Paul Downing's fault that he's on a decent wage. It's not, and he won't want to lose that at the end of the day. He's twenty eight now. Probably might be the his biggest contract of his career. He won't want to lose any wages because he's probably he's going to be what by the time he leaves Pompey, probably going to be thirty coming on thirty one. He's not going to get another deal like he did at Pompey. So it's a it's a fact that will clubs want to pay his wages in the current environment, in the COVID-affected environment. Can clubs afford to pay his wages now? Could he pay half his wages? Possibly not. I don't even think half his wages would be would be included in the in the salary cap of 1300 I think he'd probably be on a little bit more than that myself. So it's the fact that can clubs afford to pay him? And then you're at the risk of how's he going to be? How's he going to look if he comes in and plays? How long is it going to take him to get up to speed, etc.? Is he going to be better than what other clubs have already got? He's done all right at Southend, but let's be fair, Southend, they weren't much 
where if you're going judging by his performances at Stevenage, he's part of that defensive unit that concedes free. And then last season, I mean, when you think of the likes of Ollie Hawkins playing back back there and Tom Naylor up at Accrington, it's it, it it doesn't look good for him. So I think it'd be tough to, to get him out on loan myself. I think that Pompey might be uh, might have to keep him around for till January at least, and then maybe come to a deal. I don't know. You think you think Pom- Pompey got ten players out of contract uh, next summer, which no doubt we'll get onto that. Downing's not even one of them. Downing's contracted for another. Nervous Bolton, Nervous Bolton signed a three-year deal. They're contracted for another two years. Which again, by September, he didn't want either of them. <laughs> After signing in July, it's it's, it's crazy, really, mm. and um, yeah, probably desperate to keep hold of some players, but they're still here. And again, I feel uh, Bolton's proved himself last year. He's a decent defender, a great lad. Um, mm. His versatility gets stuck in, no problem, no hassles around the place. Um, a really good, versatile squad player, isn't he, Bolton? Uh, but somebody needs to leave, really, and uh, he's second choice. And if there's nothing in Downing, perhaps something can be organised for Bolton. But then again, it won't free as many as much wages as as Downing. Well, yesterday, Peterborough came to an agreement with George Boyd. The council has contract down the wage mm. restriction or wage caps restrictions. Could that possibly happen at Pompey? Could Pompey turn around to Paul Downing and, 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 and terminate his contract in that respect? Or because there's two years left on it, it's just not financially viable to do that either? Well, obviously, Pompey have done it with Gareth Evans, didn't he, this summer? They've done it in the past with players, the likes of Carl Bennett, Lalkovic, even some, go back to Jacket's first year, Carl Baker, Curtis Main, people like that. They have done it before, but... Is Paul at the end of the day, Paul Darling, he's got to look after himself first and foremost. If he is he gonna wanna to cancel that contract? Does he think he can get into the team again? Maybe if Pompey are gonna play free at the back again, that's where he really impressed at Doncaster when he went out on loan there. They played they played free at the back, I think, when he was impressive that Andrew's moved to Pompey, so he might be eyeing up and thinking I might be able to get one of those spots potentially. So Personally, I, I couldn't see him cancelling it at this stage of his career because it, it, it's the environment. He, he, he could cancel his contract and he might not be able to get a club. The deadline, you've got to have, you've got to have your squads registered. I think it's it'd probably be it's supposed to be 24 hours after the deadline because the weekend it might be on Monday. But if you've got 22 players registered who are already over the wage cap, Who's going to be able to take Paul down and then as well if he's a free agent? It's it's risky business, and then you've got to probably look at maybe going abroad, etc. That's difficult. So I, I I couldn't see that happening with Bolton. Neil's right, very reliable, good player, great lads. Never kicks up a fuss. You're right, but with him as well, understand that you know his his partner moved down here down south a year ago. I think she got the the move sort of between Portsmouth and, and London. She's got a job in London. <laughs> Again, it's personal circumstances. Will he feel like? Say a, a a club, you know, a Rochdale came in from. That's that's not to say they are, but you know, he said, right, I'm going back up north. And then where does that leave? Say his personal situation. It's not just football you got to think about. It's situations like that as well that you've got to take into account. Neil, you can't blame. Yeah, I'll say Will's come up with a good point because uh, players often have their contracts cancelled because they've got somewhere to go to. I can't quite remember Lalkovich, but the rest of them did. You know, Evans did, Baker did, Bennett did. Mm. But they have clubs to go to. They've got something lined up. Romy Boko, remember him? Uh, he had Accrington lined up. 
Uh, they they have these clubs ready. Why would any player cancel his contract with nothing else lined up? It's ridiculous. I know it happens on Championship Manager, <laughs> but in the real world, it, it does not happen. Uh, no player is going to walk away um, like that. So again, Downing needs to have something lined up, and no doubt Pompey would be willing to let to pay cancel his contract, mutual consent, if there was someone there. Take him up. So we'll see about that. But um, say in the real world, you're not just going to willy-nilly cancel contracts of players who aren't in your plans. And you can't blame Paul Downing for his situation. He, he signed a contract with no. good faith. He thought it was coming to Pompey a year ago to be the centre-half, to play week in, week out. Pompey thought they had a, a, a great deal, obviously, as well. Eh? So something has went wrong along the line, but the blame can't be put on Paul Downing's door. He's not, it's not as if he's kicking up a fuss. It's not as if he's a, a disruptive influence on in the dressing room mm. either, like at their leg. So fair play to him. If he's, play, if no, he's sitting there... Maybe. Yeah, go ahead. No, Brett Pittman was exiled, let's, let's face it, last year because the manager considered him a disruptive influence. The manager. I'm not saying he is. That's what the manager considered him and some of the players considered him. In the case of Downing, he's not been disruptive. He's not been disrespectful. He's behaved himself. He's knuckled down and got on with things. Uh, He's a very uh, softly spoken, nice lad. Uh, There's no edge to him in that respect. So he's not causing problems around the scene. He's no Ben Oim coming along and booting balls away in training because Pompey insisted he trained. Um, he's, He's behaved himself. And that's why he's still around here, I suppose, in some respects, and not been exiled like Brett Pittman. Um, so it's not his fault. And has he played atrociously? He's not been the greatest, but he's, not, he's been far from the worst centre-half we've seen over the years. Um, it's just not worked out. And the, the, the biggest criticism I would make is why Pompey signed him. If, within a few months of playing regularly, they decide they don't fancy him. That should be criticised, not the player. And let's not forget, his pedigree is very good. He's won promotion from this league, highly regarded. Um, it's not worked out for whatever reason at Pompey. And he's in this limbo. And uh, both player and club, no doubt, would love him to, love to, him to move on. Mm. At the moment, we have to wait and see. Well, Pompey's record, defense, the record for sending the centre-halves at the minute doesn't exactly um, inspire you. You look at Christian Burgess, for instance. At the start of last season, he was, he was there to play second fiddle. And then all of a sudden emerged as as the best defender Pompey had. Raggett last season, Pompey had made their mind up even before he maybe made those faults against Coventry or what have you. Like then again, he's 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 Pompey's again. He's the flavor of the month. Had a good strong finish to the season, and then of course Downing then was saying last summer. So it's a, their business and that certain department hasn't really given you much confidence, has it recently? Uh, no, because I, I think I've said it before. Obviously, when Jack came, he inherited three really good centre halves, didn't he? And Clark, Burgess, and and what more? And perhaps he, he hasn't really got a, a real command, and he hasn't went out and signed a real command and centre half. Whether Rasmus Nikolaitan can do that is obviously he's only played two games, one in the league so far. But I think we're down, and after that Stevenage game, I think you could have dropped Raggett all down. It's just lucky that Raggett plays on the left hand side, and. Mm. That's probably why you could have dropped Ivor really, and that's probably what kept Raggett in the team. To be honest with you, over down and well, look, it hasn't worked out for him. He tried to, he tried to fight for his place in pre-season. He probably could have started exploring other options. He thought, no, I'm going to try and win my place back. It hasn't, as you say, Neil. You're right. It, it would suit all parties, but 
it doesn't work like that. It, it has to it has to suit the player and it has to suit his circumstances. Neil, one more question just on the defensive aspect of things. Rasmus um, Nikolaisen, well mentioned, obviously came on second half against MK Dons on Saturday. Do you see him get becoming more and more of a central figure in that defensive lineup as a 4-4-2 in a 4-2-3-1 formation uh, or as a, a third centre half? Do you see him overtaking Ragged, say in particular, in that their sole defensive yeah. burden? Well, you don't see Watmore moving because the performances Watmore's put in this season. Um, so what you think Watmore, Watmore should be fixed at, on the right-hand side. So it's between the two on the left, isn't it? Now, Nicolaisen's interesting because, like we said before, that he's in a hurry to play. He was deeply frustrated about not playing regularly in Denmark. He's come here for games, for regular first-team football. So how long can Pompey hold him back? I can't see them putting out the, the three at the back. Um, it didn't work at all, did it, on, on Saturday. It was designed to somehow give them more possession and instead they got more defensive. And even though they defended well, that's only because they didn't have the ball. So, um, and obviously he, he, he did a right at, at Southend, but Southend were dreadful, let's face it. And they faced a battle to be in a football league. So we, we should discount that, really. So we still need to see a lot of him. But he's a natural left footer. And as we've discussed before, it, it, uh, it aids the game having a natural left footer on the left-hand side of defence. Gets the ball out quicker. I mean, you, you think about the Stevenish game. And um, and Sean Raggett was caught in possession uh, for one of the goals. He was charged down, wasn't he? And he was he was taking too long over clearing the ball on the edge of the area, wasn't he? Mm. Um, uh, if, if he's a right footer, he's got an extra second to get that clear, isn't he? And um, uh, Nick Lyson can give them that. However, I know it's easy to criticise Raggett at the moment, but he did play very, very well, probably after Doncaster away this time last year, um, which was a superb defensive performance. And, and after that, he seemed to come good. And uh, it, was, it was a superb partnership with Burgess. Now, let's not forget that, because he's coming this season, and obviously with the clamours, because there's a new player in the, in the building in, in terms of um, Rasmus. But... <clears throat> he's, he's got he's got currency, isn't he? Raggett, he, he's, he's, he's done well last year. You can't just forget that. And although he's not been at his best, Jacket is sticking with him for the, for the time being. However, back to the original point, Nikolaj is not here to sit around. He wants first-team football now. And then you look at that, there's a break in January, isn't it, where he potentially could go back. Perhaps, perhaps if he doesn't play enough, he might want to go back. Because having spoken to him, he wants it in that first team. He's not a kid waiting, just happy for the experience being on the bench. He wants to be in that first team. Well, going back to then, goings, um, we've mentioned Downing, we've mentioned Bolton. Could there even be a surprise in the offing that a fringe player said Pompey, somebody could come in and get them? We, we keep on focusing on players that Pompey yeah. don't want, but is there anybody in that Pompey say that, you know what, a, a club could... Uh, Cause a surprise and say, you know what, we fancy him. I think it likes it being close. He's yeah, yeah. Pompey got to meet me and Neil just, just discussing this morning. I mean, Ben obviously Pompey's chase for Ben Ben Thompson is well documented. The he's his, his Pompey's number one target. Jacket's already. Oh, we understand that um, the midfield Jacket's not been too happy with it at the start of the season. The the combination of Naylor and Morris. So you're right. Where does that leave Ben close or or an Andy Cannon? Um, Andy Cannon's. 
above the pecking order, but Jack has probably had four central midfielders for most of his time as manager, four, four, four whole midfielders. If he gets Thompson in, that's five. The impression I got speaking to Jack at last week was that he doesn't really see Cannon as a number 10 anymore. He sees him more of a, of a holding midfielder because Jack, Cannon hasn't got enough goals and assists, which... You can't argue with that. He hasn't, by his own admission, he hasn't as well. And it seems like he he's earmarked for a deeper role now. So, say they do get a Ben Thompson or another midfielder before the deadline shuts, then yeah, you're right. That that's five central midfielders. Then where does it leave a, a Ben Close or an Andy Cannon? So, I I definitely wouldn't rule it out. And you know, Ben Close is in the last year of his contract now. Pompey have got an option. But even he might be thinking, I need to start playing football here because I've got to think about my future. I don't think that the Pompey might take it up or or he might think, oh, I don't want to stay any longer. I, I need to get out and start playing regular football. Cannon and all that, he was really, really annoyed last season when he couldn't get into the team. Really annoyed when he had <laughs> three months yeah. without a, a, a league start. And he was exploring the idea in January about potentially leaving. He'd ask Kenny Jackett about potentially going out on loan and... You know he's what twenty four now, twenty three, twenty four. He's at the stage of his career now as well. He's out. Of, he's another one out of contract next summer, and and Pompey haven't got an option on him either. So he needs to start exploring his options if if he's not going to get a game. So I wouldn't rule out either of those two. You probably think it'd be close over Cannon because Close has made what one appearance this season. He's played two appearances. Two, one, two one at yeah. South End and one one mm. Shrewsbury, one league appearance. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? So surely he must be thinking if he must be looking at that and thinking Ben Thomas was coming near, but yeah, I couldn't even get a game. I might be coming in. I couldn't even get a game when he was here last time. This is two years later when Ben Thompson's got a lot of championship <laughs> experience under my belt. Where's that going to leave me? So I don't know, Neil. What what do you reckon about about, about the close situation? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's puzzling how uh, close was a fixture in a, a Jackets team normally alongside Tom Naylor. Uh, an absolute regular and um, um, got got introduced goals to his game as well and he, he was growing and developing uh, and then suddenly he's, he's dropped from the playoffs or he was dropped actually a game before the playoffs but um, yeah dropped from that from that from the playoffs and um, he's been out of it this season so jacket appears to have made up his mind in all of a sudden to get rid of him sorry from the team not not the club or the squad. So it's a funny one because Close gives goals, doesn't he? He gives more attacking mm. impetus than Morris. Um, Morris keeps possession of the ball well. So does Ben Close. So that, that in terms of that, they're similar. But yeah, he's gone from an automatic choice and a favour of Jackets to not making the playoff squads and now nowhere near the first team despite being on the bench each week. And if they had a midfielder, You'd imagine close would be the one that would be sacrificed from the eighteen man match day squad. Well, like Brent Morris, any time that team sheep is is named, it's the first name that appears on on Twitter. Social media fans just question why. Um, he he's clearly see if they probably do bring in a midfielder, you'd expect then he he's his position at Pompey is secure. Like, but have you seen enough of him? Since the start of the season, like we're what seven, eight, nine games in, to see why Kenny Jacket is staying faithful with him in this current climate, has he, in your opinion, is he justifying his position? For me, I don't think he's done enough. But is he doing what Kenny Jacket wants him to do? 
Um, Jack has come out and said that he wants his two home midfielders to sit there, break up possession, and give a bit of protection so that his wing or his fullbacks can get fours and join in attacks. And is Jack really likes it when his team's getting the ball wide, only and putting crosses into the box. That's when he thinks that they're really at the best. And having maybe two sitters in there gives the fullbacks a bit more of a license to get forward. But for me, obviously the he did himself no favours, did he, on Saturday when he when he conceded the penalty, clumsy tackle. I'd just like to see him be a bit braver on the ball, first and foremost. Uh, there was one bit of, uh, against Burton where it really annoyed me. Uh, he, he picked up the ball from deep and he's two yards away from Jack Watmore and he gives the ball back to Jack Watmore and he's got 20 yards of space in front of him. You're thinking you're in the field to drive out and start, a bit of start, start an attack. Get things going instead of giving it to the to the foot to the centre back, and getting yourself ten yards up the pitch. Go and grab the game by the scruff of the neck yourself. So I I think Morris he's in there to break up play, but do you need Naylor and Morris in games like that? I can understand why against maybe a team who are possession based like like MK Dons to an extent, but the the more you have players like that in the team, the less you do have of the ball. Whereas you have a close or a cannon who want to drive forward, close wants to get the ball from deep, pick it up and pick a pass, whereas cannon quite happy to dribble with it, then you see more of the ball. So yeah, I, I, can, I can see why Jack is playing him if it's for that reason. But for me, I think he definitely starts to, to, need to do a little bit more in there, central midfielder. You've got to be contributing going forwards as well. And he's not doing that at the minute. Can I just say, I was speaking to a Wickham fan the other day and uh, Morris was on loan at Wickham the, the, the half the season before he joined Pompey and he was one of their best performers as a central midfielder. Driving, he was, even scored at, against Pompey at Fratton mm. Park, didn't he? Um, they really regarded him and they were gutted that, um, that Shrewsbury's parent club sold him to Pompey. Now, he was an outstanding presence in that side but he's not quite done it at Pompey, isn't it? So, again, is it what he's instructed to do? Because Cameron McGeehan, again, we talked about this, I was disappointed in Cameron McGeehan because I felt he played within himself. Uh, he was re- restricted. Um, it wasn't quite the force I was, I was expecting, um, even though he gave a plenty of effort. So, is it is it the role they're given? Is he told he can't push forward? And he has to stay in that too. So that's what you've got to consider as well, because Morris has performed well elsewhere. So, is is that the issue? Is it down to his instructions, which is the same instructions that McGeehan had to follow as well? Mm. And less for Morris when he before he came to Pompey, he was going to go to Luton, where he before Nathan Jones left for Stoke. So they were it was the top two at the time in, in League One, wasn't it? So there must mm. be a player in there. Right. So Kenny Jagger's to blame for that as well, then. So. <laughs> Says Mark with Mark. <laughs> right, okay, let's see. Time's ticking on. Um, and I can't believe what we're nearly 30 minutes in and I haven't asked anybody a Ben Thompson question. So let's go for it then. Will Pompey be bringing in Ben Thompson before the transfer window? That is an open Don't question know. for anybody. <laughs> there Don't you know. go. There you go. Well, something you know. The chief sports writer said, I don't know. But <laughs> Pompey aren't hopeful. I mean, the, the truth is, Pompey are, are not particularly hopeful, but they haven't given up. Um, the same with Suter. Pompey were 
after Suter, they put bids in for him. Um, they were trying to be unrealistic, going, actually, it might not happen, but you always have that hope. With with Ben Thompson, they've, they've registered their interest. Um, coming back would appeal, on one hand, for Thompson, because he, he really enjoyed playing at the club. There's people here, so it was here first time round. Uh, Jack Watmore, particularly, got on very well with. Mm. So that's an attraction with him. However, he's a championship player. The, the, the Millwall still wanted to an extent, let's get people in. And there's so many hurdles that Pompey aren't convinced they'll be able to get them all to get him in. So that's the situation at the moment. So it's it's difficult to give a yes or no answer. Will Thompson come? Yeah. Because from the club, it's still. I know Kenny Jacket bluffs his way through transfers when you ask him, are you interested, blah, blah, blah. But once he's actually admitted he's interested, but as Saturday he said, it's very unlikely. And that is the case. It is very unlikely, but not impossible. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Things can change. Players can come and go from different clubs and and alter the scenario. But it's, it's a difficult one for Pompey for obvious reasons. Finances, different division, player ambition... Let's, let's, mm. Does a player want to come to clubs? Fans always forget that players are involved in here. Um, so get you know, bring a player to Pompey. Or a few years ago, get Peter Crouch to come back to Pompey. Whoa, he has a say in this. Peter Crouch doesn't want to come back to Pompey in League One because and he ended up going to Burnley in the Premier League. Get <laughs> Defoe, get Defoe back. Whoa, <laughs> it? Defoe ended up going to Rangers that same transfer window. Get Eddie High and get have, Paul Cook in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll come. They players, managers, they have a say in this, believe it or not. And Eddie Howe considers himself a Premier League manager. Paul Cook considers himself a Championship manager. They have a say in it. Similarly, yeah. Ben Thompson will have a say where he wants to play football. Let's face it. If 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 Ben Thompson had to drop to League One, then he probably will come to Pompey, wouldn't he? If he had to pick any League One, we'll be probably say right, go back yes. to Pompey. But yes, correct. It's it's. He's, he's he's two years later now from where he first arrived. Two years is a, a long time. He's played probably forty odd championship games since then. Mm. He probably sees himself as you know a, an established championship player now. Millwall when he came from Millwall, Millwall probably lower end championship team. Now Millwall are probably top ends, flirting with the playoff sort of playoff contender. You probably call them after last season. If he's not in the team there, then he'd be looking at it. You know, a lower end championship club. You think, i.e., a Barnsley before Struber, Struber went. That, that that's what I thought all along. And, and as you're right, you're right, Neil. If it's the player, it's the player. Two years ago, we'd be seeing this as a backward step in his career, in my opinion. If it has to be League One, Mill will say, right, no, we're not lending loan you out to another championship club. You can go to League One. Why wouldn't he come to come back to Fratton Park? But if he has a choice of say six championship clubs and Pompey. For his own career, he, he, he's choosing the championship every time. I know I would be. Yeah, yeah, but because uh, the, the, when he came to Pompey a few years ago, he barely played at championship level. He'd been sub a few times mm. with a stat that like he played like hundred minutes of championship football all season or something like that. Yeah, he came to Pompey to get minutes and try to get back in the team. Millwall. Well, he performed so well, he went back to Millwall six months early, got back in their team, and ended up having a new contract. And a new contract at championship level means a championship contract. So his pay would have gone up considerably. And uh, what would he gain from dropping back to League One? And I, I, I always remember uh, what, what Jeb Wallace said to me uh, a few years ago that um, 
uh, about potentially coming back to Pompey one day. And he said, it's all very well. You could come, you could drop, if you're not getting games at, at, at Wolves, like Jay Wallace wasn't at the time, mm. and come back to Pompey um, to get football again, if you don't do very well at Pompey, where's your next stage? You're not good at the, right. that level. You're not, you've not performed at Pompey's level. Next stage is even lower. So players have to be careful because he will, Thompson will consider himself as a championship player. What has he got to prove by dropping into League One? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Surely he'll be looking at the championship. Well, if that move isn't possible, then, well, which we're getting every sign that it mightn't be, surely Pompey then have got arms in the fire. They're down to plan B, C and D then, are they? You'd like to think that if they do really want a midfielder, then, you know, they have long transfer target lists aren't they in every position you'd like to think there would be potentially someone else who could come in I'm sure there are some midfields as who, who might be available um, if it's a priority if Jack sees his engine room as a priority then yeah you'd expect another midfielder to come in and then obviously potentially a, a young striker to complement Ellis Harrison and John Mark because that's that's as much of a concern for me as the midfield um, the, the, the top end of the pitch if Harrison or Marquez, more so Harrison gets an injury. You 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 you're worried there because Pompey have looked so much better with Harrison leading the line, particularly at Burton. Two strikers isn't enough. Jack had always had at least three, maybe four. He needs to get another one in for me. If it's Niall Ennis, seems like he can do a little bit of everything. Ennis, speaking to, to the Doncaster reporter, Liam Holden last week, seems like he's someone who's quite selfless, something that Jack likes and has a bit of pace, will be able to to stretch the line so they need another striker and for me for me I'd rather them see them get a striker in the midfielder at this moment get the striker in if there's room left then go after the midfielder unless it's Ben Thompson <laughs> <laughs> OK Neil again I'm, I'm conscious of the time but the, just another key issue that has emerged this week is the contract situation um, Will spoke to Tom Naylor Tom Naylor has been quite open and admitting that you know what the wage cap means that very good chance I may be here next season. Um, it's a situation that none of his teammates could be facing as well. And Mark Catlin has spoken to you and, and admitted to you at this moment in time, there is no ability to even discuss extending contracts, is there? No, because the purely, well, mainly because the um, the PFA uh, and the Football League are involved in an arbitration over the salary cap. So the PFA obviously opposed the salary cap because, let's face it, it reduces their wages, puts more of their workforce out of work. Um, and the and the Football League obviously wants it for many reasons we've discussed before. So until that's resolved, it's difficult to offer contracts because, for example, the salary cap might be scrapped. So you can offer players what you like. It may be amended. Uh, Mark Catlin said he's put forward the motion, perhaps, of... Um, of with players currently at football clubs, keep them on the average wage the whole time, uh, in terms of the salary cap, so they can renew their contracts. Because as it stands, Tom Naylor is a very good point. He's come to Pompey on a certain wage, and they won't be allowed to offer him that wage if he signs a new contract. They can't even offer him a pay rise, let alone the same money he's on, purely because of the salary cap. And if that was a rising star like Jack Watmore, again, you can't offer him more. So that is the issue Pompey have got. And 
that's what's hoping they're hoping that out of arbitration that something might change because it's not fair on the players and I do feel sorry for the players because why would any player want to stay at a club where they're not allowed to be offered more than they're on in fact take a significant cut it's very short-sighted well isn't it of the powers that be to come up with a salary cap like we discussed it in the past it was going to be a problem that was going to emerge and all of a sudden it is starting to appear like so it is short careers at the end of the day football tom naylor's what 29 something like that now he's pompey captain he's probably maybe thinking probably start of last or when he's captain middle of last season next my next contract might be the biggest of my career I'm captain now at a big club. This is my chance to, to earn my last big payday, certainly. Go and set myself up. Go and do what I need to do to, to set myself up when I retire now. He's in limbo. Same with the likes of, let's just say, Ryan Williams, Jack Watmore. The only way, unfortunately, Pompey can, can resolve this is by winning promotion this season. Then you can offer the clubs, the, the players, obviously, a, a better salary in the championship, the likes of Nail, etc. But then again, you probably got to have a have a decent overhaul to get championship standard players in. So, it's a difficult one for Pompey. Obviously, promotion is the aim, and that's what they'd like. But yeah, certainly, certainly want to keep abreast of, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Well, lads, time has caught up with us. We are at the end of the podcast. So, um, before we get cut off, just like to thank you again for for your thoughts and your and your expertise. Um, and thank everybody for watching. For watching, I can nearly speak and listening. Um, we'll be back next week so we'll see you all again soon goodbye thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more